it's a gentle journey Worthy of the weight Like the wild goose flying With its only mate An all-enduring spirit On the whiskey trail And action! Okay! Gordon oh, Dundas! How are you? It's episode five! Series three, how are you? I'm very well, very well, Gordon. Fabulous. And we're recording this on a Friday, so we're even better. It is a Friday, absolutely. And the sun is shining, although you wouldn't see that in the sauna. They won't let me out, actually. I don't know how you've programmed the lock. only opens up when you hit the button. Exactly. Out, in, out, in. (laughs) Gordon, it's been a, a, a great week for whiskey, and we're looking forward to an even better week next week, of course. But yep. your job, before we get to all that, is to either, A, start the show off with a look at the news, or yep. start the show off with a whiskey. I'm starting it off with a whiskey, because it is whiskey unscripted. What I have here, yes. in an Ockentoshan glass, because it's the only glass I could particularly find, it's <laughs> not an Ockentoshan, it is a Kilkerran eight-year-old. This is a brand that has what one might say a loyal following. I absolutely love this whiskey because I bought this uh, when it came out a couple of years ago, a year ago, something like that. An eight-year-old cast strength at 57.1%. And I mean, we do really good sherry casts at Tamdu. Kilkerran's a great whiskey too. This has been been matured in in Richard Oloroso sherry cast. So plenty of... uh, Plenty of that influence from the cast, but Kilkerran is an absolutely brilliant whiskey. Um, and made by the guys at JA Mitchell um, down there in, in Campbelltown, and really is a wonderful example of uh, I just love it. It's got a really, really great array of flavors. And um, 57.1 as well doesn't nose Ooh. of it. Petite, Gordon? Yeah, not, 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 not really. No, a, a little bit, but I mean, it's not, it's not. It's not it's not the first thing you pick up. There's a little bit there, but you pick it up more in the palate. I'm quite spicy on the nose, quite cinnamony, quite a bit of meatiness as well. Really lovely, lovely, lovely whiskey. Lovely and thick. Eight years old. Really, 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 really good. And we've also already on this series of uh, podcasts talked about one of the ambassadors for Kilkellan, the man with the impossibly deep voice, who's got a career in certain movies if he decides to go into it. Mitch. You know, yeah, Mitch. Yes, Mitch. Oh, hello, uh, I'm Mitch. Uh, yeah, great guy. I haven't seen him in ages. I'm looking forward to no. hearing his dulcet tones across a whiskey show somewhere soon. But yeah, fantastic, fantastic team down there, and uh, oh, great to uh, great to uh, great to have a great whiskey from Kilcarran. Absolutely big fan of what they do. I am. Um, before I go into my tasting here in whiskey unscripted, I uh, just ask you, Gordon, did you ever raise a glass? We've just had St Patrick's Day. Um, did you raise a glass of Irish whiskey on the 17th of March? If I'm honest, it passed me by a little bit. <laughs> yes, I However, um, I do have some Irish whiskey from my from my time uh, representing Irish whiskey. So I made pour myself a little Connemara this evening, a little heated oh, Irish whiskey. The reason I'm saying that as well is because I've spent, just before we come on, talking doing the show i went back to find the episode where we had john cashman who oh, you worked with who's an absolutely an encyclopedia on irish whiskey and so i 
renamed the episode and started to put the descriptions of who was in the episode. So it's episode four, series one. If you go back, if you're listening to this, you can go back into yeah. the archives and I've put it up there. John Cashman, yeah. Irish whiskey expert, oh, episode brilliant. four. Fabio, oh, I've learned. I've, I mean, John's forgotten more about Irish whiskey than I ever learned. But I mean, just an amazing wealth of talent in terms of his knowledge of the industry and his delivery of it in market. Really, really great guy. Great. Well, I'm going to go across here, and of course, we're we're recording this audio, but it's also on YouTube. And Gordon, we, we are um, before we're YouTubers. Yes, I, I, I was about to say something about the um, number we have surpassed, but I'll leave that just now. Um, suffice to say, more people are listening than watching. And I suppose looking at ourselves, is well, that a surprise? I, mean, I think the main problem is that the sun glistens off your forehead so much that um, <laughs> people can't actually see anything on the YouTube stream. So uh, um, what are you drinking? What's that? That looks like a Dunvegan, if you ask me. And it's... that, to me, looks like a Linkwood 12. I can read. Wow. So that's, if, you, if you're listening to this, you can go to YouTube and it's... Um, we're lucky to work for a company, E. McLeod's, and their yeah. um, private bottling, our independent bottling arm, one of them called Dunvegan. And the, you know, parcels of liquid or casks, in this case, Gordon, it's mm -hmm. three hogshead, unchill filtered, mm -hmm. and bottled at 43%. Mm, nice. Um, which I think is quite unusual to, 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 to unchill filter beneath 46 percent would that be right would that be fair? that is quite unusual that is pretty unusual yeah that's very true very true it's so, uh yeah that is and is Linkwood, oh, is to be fair i've had this one before it is clearly the bottle's nearly gone that's the trouble about being on youtube <laughs> uh, i had it for a while but it's uh hmm. i think what i love about that one gordon and i i, I get the same um, feeling sometimes I, I have the I've had the occasional drink of Rosebank. There's something about its oiliness, but it's so fresh, but it's kind of oily, um, and it's a difficult one to. I think in Rosebank we've got worm tub condensers that gives the spirit a sort of oily feel to it, but it's still very fresh because it's triple distilled. Um, maybe the language maybe not in the class of Rosebank, but that's the same feel. I've got a lovely freshness, but it's an oiliness at the same time. Um, nice. Of course, if that's, does that make sense? And it does make sense. You pick up what you pick up in a whiskey, you know. How many times have I picked up a whiskey and don't get anything in the tasting note? Because, you know, uh, it depends on a whole range of different factors. So, yeah, you pick up what you pick up. Absolutely. <laughs> and just enjoy it. That's yeah, the main important thing. The worst thing lovely. you can do as a, as a punter or as somebody who's bought a bottle of whiskey is read the tasting note and then go... I'm not getting any. Uh, I'm not getting any of that, and and, and uh -huh. you know that, that's the worst thing you can do because uh, you know it doesn't really matter as long as you enjoy it. So that's what matters. I think. <laughs> and um, God, before we begin the news, because I yeah. almost gave it away. Um, today we just passed on iTunes, Spotify, ten thousand downloads. Fantastic! <laughs> now, what you will find very shortly is that. You know, we will soon have sponsors. We will soon have um, lighting <laughs> studios, proper, uh, you know, all that sort of thing. All those people listening on there, uh, on, um, uh, you know, Podbean or, or uh, as an audio, it's going to sound better because we are now big players. I mean, <laughs> we, we, we've spoken about being 55th in New Zealand. Oh. Um, and, uh, you know, I think after our Cadrona 
which has been so well. I mean, what a great episode that was. Yeah, um, was I'm surprised if we're not number one when the charts come out uh, at about 10 o'clock this evening. That's right. Oh, That's an absolute one joke. I don't know when they come out. Uh, right. no, no idea. We don't. We, we really don't care. We just want no. great content. But ten thousand is fantastic. And look, if you enjoy it, we love doing it, and that's why we uh, keep doing it. I mean, it takes a bit of time, but we we do enjoy doing it. And and can I just say, having, you know, we're now sitting down at episode five. The lack of planning that goes into it is spectacular. And we, we <laughs> you know, I am I am I'm overjoyed by the fact that we don't plan this very much, as you can probably tell. Well, Gordon, I'll plan this because you've been uh, looking at the news. So what have I you have. come up with well, in the I mean, whiskey news? There's quite a bit of whiskey news. Um, and, um, you know, a couple of things I just want to touch on. Um, uh, Spirit of Spaceside Whiskey Festival has decided it's not going to go ahead this year, normally at the beginning of May, end of April. So there's going to be a virtual uh, program, which is available on their website. Um, Tamdu is involved with certain events as, along with all the other great um, distilleries of the area so make sure that you uh, have a look at that um, as an option you can buy a sort of pass that allows you to access all the events and you can buy packs for certain things should you wish um, what, the other thing that I think obviously there was, a, there was a Macallan auction this week at another ridiculous price of nearly half a million pounds and there was one, Gordon, which you picked up, which was to do with the uh, a distillery yes. in Canada. What was that about? Yes, I think that this has happened throughout the the decades of countries or businesses mm -hmm. trying to use the word scotch in yes. their label and trying yeah. to sell it as uh, scotch whiskey, which, of course, as you'll know if you're listening or watching, is really against the rules uh, of, of this protected product. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's effectively, I think it's a, a distillery in British Columbia uh, in Canada, which is using the term Scotch whiskey for basically a Canadian distilled uh, distilled whiskey, which the SWA is very, very strong on um, because, you know, Scotch has to be made in Scotland. And so the SWA is very strict on this and takes action against, you know, other markets if you know, to stop people trying to indicate Scottishness when a whiskey isn't is not Scotch, um, and that's really really important um, yeah. because spirit producers in other countries cannot take advantage of the reputation of Scotch to produce whiskies. We've worked hard to do that, and we've worked hard to protect that, and it ultimately protects the consumer in the end in terms of the quality and in terms of the integrity and provenance of a bottle of whiskey that's got scotch on it. And I think it's really, really important. Not looked but, into the exact article. I'd love, I'd love to get the SWA on, but they are in this country. I just wonder how you police, how you police that worldwide. Well, that I mean, engage lawyers in that country. Is that how it goes? Well, I mean, the SWA is obviously sort of effectively overlooks the industry and the industry polices it as well. So, I mean, it's, you know, I think even people aren't, 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 aren't aware that when you produce a bottle of whiskey, you produce a label, it needs to effectively be sanctioned, approved by the SWA and the strict guidelines of sizes of text and all this sort of thing. Um, you know, obviously, you know, eight-year-old whiskey has to be a minimum of eight. There's a whole load of other rules on production. But uh, the other thing is, of course, is protecting the entity that is Scotch, Scotch whiskey. And when you have such a diverse product, from 
blends to blended malts to um, single malts and, and other, you know, um, single grains. Um, that does need protected against people who may want to play on that to try and turn a profit with it. And it could be a, could be a very inferior product. I'm not suggesting this whiskey is, but um, it could be a more inferior product. So I think, uh, I think that's a really, really important thing that they do. And it, we will endeavor maybe to get the SWA on. Uh, not sure we'll, if we can manage that. We'll see if we can twist an arm here or there. Yes, um, yes, just yes, to yes. give us an idea of how they look out for these things around I'll the world. I'd love to know that. Yeah, that's what, yeah. Well, just how it works, how it uh, uh, operates. So we'll keep an eye on that when that's it. Excellent. Another piece of news, Gordon, is this is going out on the week of International Whiskey Day. And we will be doing an event on Facebook. And uh, YouTube is live next Friday. That's the 26th of live. March. We live. are. We are. We're doing a, our first Glengoyne live tasting of the year. Um, it's going to be me and you. Um Special guests to be confirmed. Um, there's a lot of people on holiday, but the special guests to be confirmed. So, Gordon, you mentioned about the spirit of Speyside Festival. Yeah. I have, on the other end of the line, as if by magic, the man in charge, the chairman of the oh. entire festival, Mr. James Campbell. Good afternoon, James. How are you? I'm very well, Gordon. Yourself? Well, I, well, I mean, I'm very well. I'm feeling a little bit wrong that I'm drinking a Kilkerran at the moment. Uh, I should be drinking a Speyside whiskey, probably a Tamdu, but I am drinking a Kilkerran. Yes, and um, I'm having a liquid as well, so just having a well, tasting of... You're coming on Gordon number two, but Gordon number one, we'll, we'll allow <laughs> that one to pass. Just <laughs> Now, you're just off the golf course. How is the golf? Uh, golf is very good. Thank you very much, Gordon. I very much enjoyed it, and I'm in a terrific mood because I played really well for a change. It doesn't always happen, so uh, absolutely in a great mood, yeah. And let me just point out to everybody, we're allowed to play golf, obviously, at the moment, but also the weather's really quite good in Scotland at the moment. So, um, you know, up in the north, they play golf, and in Glasgow, everybody's got their tops off. Taps off, as they call it in Glasgow, but I'm joking. I'm surprised you can get to the golf course, James, because when the weather's like this, every photographer for every tourist brochure in the world from Scot is all out taking photographs of Scottish landmarks. No, no, no. So it's a wonderful uh, site out there just now, as is your website. And I was on it all last week, the Spirit of Speyside 2021, this lovely whiskey festival. Could you explain how it's going to shape up this year in May? Yes, I'm very happy to, uh, Gordon. And uh, our, our board, uh, Spirit of Space and Whiskey Festival, of course, is all of the whiskey companies based up on Spaceside uh, gather together and uh, try and do their bit for the local uh, economy and the local community. And uh, now we're in our 21st year. Uh, we've gone from starting off where the, the week of our festival was the quietest week on Spaceside with no one there, no one in hotels. And now, as you'll both know, that it's very difficult now to get into hotels. Uh, so it's been a great success story. And we are very appreciative of all our whiskey companies who really have given their, their time and uh, all of their, their uh, support for us mm. to do this. But uh, unfortunately, last year, because of COVID, we had to uh, pull the plug on our 2020 uh, festival. And we were almost faced with the same position this year. But uh, we've decided two things. Firstly, we, we've postponed the physical, the in-person festival until the 3rd, uh, until the 8th of November. And we're very hopeful that with vaccination programs going well yes. and everything moving in the right direction, that we yep. will be able to stage the, the normal, in inverted commas, uh, Spirit of Space Ed Whiskey Festival in November. 
Fantastic. Good. But uh, in the meantime, of course, we are thinking that our, our loyal uh, whiskey fans from all over the world who come to Speyside in the last few days of April every year and uh, into early May, uh, we thought that we would try and put on a virtual whiskey festival this year. Mm-hmm. Um, when we set off on that journey, I thought we might get 25 or 30 different events, but we've actually got nearer 60 events. And the program will run for four days from Thursday, 29th of April, uh, up, uh, about two o'clock in the afternoon. And we'll go all the way to about 10 p.m. on Sunday evening, the 2nd of May. Wow, what a whiskey really? extravaganza for really? people. And you can, you can, uh, oh, that's going to be amazing. I so you just, is it running through, through the day as well as the evenings? Is it, is it, how do people get involved, James? How do people sign up? Well, absolutely. Well, it, it, it's really starting each afternoon. We'll start about two o'clock each afternoon, run right through to the evening, uh, all of the way. We've got a, a four-day pass, uh, which will cost fifteen pounds, and that will allow uh, anyone purchasing the pass to uh, to view and interact on all sixty events. Oh, um, so it's a, it's an amazing value, and uh, wow. it's going to be great fun. Uh, people, it's a, the platform is called Airmeet, and uh, it's almost like walking into a big hotel, um, huge uh, conference room. There's a stage, there is booths, there is uh, tables, and uh, people can interact and, as I say, speed network and meet up with all of their friends from all over the world, which is fantastic. That is fabulous. And what are the sort of events that are taking place across the festival? What are what are some of the distilleries coming up with for this uh, for this festival? Well, the distillers always uh, exceed themselves, I must admit. They always blow me away with their, their events. I have to start with Tam Dew, to be fair to you guys. And Where else? Where else? Yeah. Yes. Thank, thank you, both Gordons and uh, Ian Weir and Sandy McIntyre. Um, we start with it. We start with a, yeah. a, an absolutely brilliant tour of Tamdu Distillery, yeah. which so many people will want to see. And I think, Gordon, uh, you were involved with Sandy in that. And nearly That's right, yeah. Which, I uh, mean, the yeah. problem with Sandy, as you know, James, is he loves to talk. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, he and Gordon, you, you, you know as well. But uh, it, that'll be great because it's not normally oh, open, so yeah, that'll oh. be fabulous. <laughs> what about what about I mean, there are other distilleries of course James what about there are other, distilleries? other distilleries but I, I'm still going to finish off with you because I'm very very uh, pleased that you guys with your your Tamdu uh, single cast panel uh, are going to be selecting uh, your Dalbiali 4 and uh, distillery exclusive it's just brilliant that you you do that for us I'm excited uh, about that a great uh, you know we're very honored that you do that uh, during the festival that's terrific brilliant. Uh, the final one I am going to talk about as well is um obviously you guys have done well in the IWSC uh, with your gold medals um Sandy is going to gather together his fellow uh, gold medal winners from other distilleries uh, and that, that's going to be a fabulous event as they talk through the winning drums and just share a little bit of banter between themselves which is going to be a lot of fun i will be tuning in for that that will be fabulous um we've also, and- got, uh, we've also got Anne miller uh, who you will both oh, know very yes. well that yes. are better known as the drum queen now and uh, she has got some of the old faithful charlie mclean uh, dave broom um selecting uh, a piece of uh, music 
and matching it with a space ed dram and just enjoying a little bit of conversation. That's going to be on Sunday evening, and I, I think that's going to be excellent. And uh, we've also come up with the idea of would I lie to you? Um, and um, like there are one or two people on Speyside who you would immediately think we must get these guys into the team. And um, one of the first people that came to my mind was your friend Sandy McIntyre. <laughs> <laughs> he likes but, a bit porky. <laughs> uh, but Sandy is in a team along with uh, Dennis Malcolm from oh, France. What a legend, um, Dennis. What a guy. Superb. And Alan Winchester uh, oh. from the Shivas team. Yeah. And they're playing against uh, George Grant uh, from Glen Parkless. <laughs> this um, is going to be brilliant. Yep. Ian Miller from Glen Fiddich. Oh, yes. And also Kirsten Grant from the William Grant family. Now, I have had the privilege of hearing one or two of the tales already. And I can assure you guys that you're not going to have a clue if they're telling you the truth or telling you a lie. <laughs> <laughs> that that sounds fantastic. fabulous. What fantastic. a mix of events. What a great idea. And, and you know, there's a whole load I've spotted on there as well that I'm just like, I've I'd love to see that. I've never seen that. I've never heard of that. There's so many great events. And James, full marks for pulling it together. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's great to see. It's really great to see. And I think... And Gordon, sorry, are we, are we getting inside the Ben Rea for a, a sort of first yes. look? Yes, yeah, so, well, there, there is, um, I'm not sure we're getting, there will be some uh, bits and pieces to come possibly, Gordon, on that, but um, there are other distilleries which we are not open, but we've got a lovely tour of Dalmunich, um, yes. but again, I'll, I'll I'll just there, taking us on a speed trip around there. Dalmunich, um, obviously, for those up used, built on the Imperial site, of course. Absolutely correct. It was, and uh, built by one of my one of my friends, uh, Douglas Cruikshank, who you'll know very well from Shivas. Uh, spent a lot of time, um, you know, getting that distillery up and running, and it's absolutely sensational. Um, I, I have to say, mm. but uh, you know, we've got lots of tastings, uh, some amazing whiskies to be sampled, wow. um, and and just so many different events. And as I say, if you for a ticket of fifteen pounds, you can interact, you can uh, be part of this. Listen to all the chat. Um, and for certain events, people can buy a box as well. Is that right? Yes. Yes, there will be tasting kits. Um, you know, some incredibly, we, we've got um, a, a talk by um, on the Gordon McPhail um, team with uh, Charles McLean, and they're going to be sampling the, the Mr. George uh, 1956 um, version from uh, Glenn Grant. And some amazing whiskies to be sampled on Sunday evening. That's the last event, which will take us through till about 10 o'clock. So very, um, but all the way down the price range. Um, we're also hoping that people who are new to whiskey, um, here's a great opportunity for you to, to learn much more and, and to interact with people who have a great knowledge. Absolutely. And, you know, look, I think I think it's safe to say that within the Speyside region, you have some great diverse whiskies, the most distilleries of any of the regions. And uh, it's so great that you've managed to pull a, an online offering together with bearing in mind COVID, bearing in mind all these different things that are affecting us. It's fantastic. And uh, I think uh, I think people should, you know, you can get as as involved or not as if you know what I mean, and and that's what's great. There's you know, fifteen pounds to listen to some of these absolute really? amazing distillers is is an absolute steal for me. So uh, I'll be I'll be signing up. So it's yeah. I, I should fabulous. say, Gordon, as well that this platform, uh, because as you can understand, many distillers want their events at seven or eight in the evening, Friday and Saturday, mm. but there is a capacity that you can um, catch up 
because it will be available, you know, so that, that you know you can watch the event uh, and do a catch up within 24 hours, um, and and that's brilliant because you know I know my, from my own point of view, it's very difficult to know when there's three or four events coming together which one you want to see. And, yeah. But if you can record them all and 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 watch them at your leisure with your friends and over a nice couple of drums, I think that would be lovely. That sounds absolutely wonderful. And just one question for myself, just to um, for the listeners: Is the Speyside Festival when it runs? Out with COVID, is it the biggest whiskey festival in the world? Uh, well, it, it depends how you define, define the word biggest. I mean, I don't think anybody can put together 50 distilleries, <laughs> you know, and uh, the, the, area, the area that we cover um, is, you, you know, you could definitely say biggest in terms of um, we've got 710 events uh, in 2019. So from a number of events point of view, we've probably got the, the title biggest there. So we don't like wow. to, to, to be uh, in space. And we're very modest, as you all know. Um, <laughs> but, we've just absolutely. passed 10,000 downloads. So we're like, big is good. We're, we're big. Yeah, this, well, yes. but, well, the, the great thing is that, that you know, that it's a, it's more about the people. I mean, the spirit of Space Side has got two meetings. Obviously, there's a whiskey, but it's the spirit of the people who work in the whiskey industry, who work locally and, and get involved and provide such a fantastic welcome to people. Uh, I think we had visitors from 34 different countries on Space last year, uh, in, sorry, in 2019. And um, so many people come back again and again and again. And it's just... <laughs> It's a yeah, friendly place uh, at that time of year. So I know you guys have been there yourself. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. And it. James, one thing I'm always interested in, obviously as a Speyside, sort of um, heavily involved in the Speyside whiskey industry, have you ever gone to that other whiskey festival in Isla? Have you ever been over there? Is there another whiskey festival? I <laughs> I've never. Is there one? Sorry, Gordon. Yeah, one. <laughs> I, I told you. I told you I was in good form today. So I think. <laughs> but uh, no, no. All credit to Isla. I think it's a, a fabulous festival. It's a different type of event Absolutely. altogether, and there's room for so many. And uh, you know, the whole month of May. May is Whiskey Month in Scotland, and I think each of our festivals that we support each other, we help each other, and uh, you know, I, I think it's a, it's an absolutely brilliant festival. It is, and you know, I've I've been there many times, and it is, I think you could just call it it's a different experience to Speyside. They're both great in their own ways, and uh, you know, obviously, if you like the smoky stuff, Isla is a great sort of pilgrimage for many, but Speyside, the diversity on show is fantastic. The people, everything across everywhere, it's great. So, James, fa thank you, thank you for coming on. Any any questions, Gordon? Any? No, else? no. I'm just I was about to say is we'll try and dip in and speak to Sandy beforehand as well, and we will keep trying to promote this and get people on it. And I'll definitely be watching as well. So we're we'll talking about it in the lead up to uh, the 29th of April on that weekend. So we will be doing our bit here as well, James. Well, thank you very much, guys. And thank you and all your, your colleagues for the time. You've been great supporters of Spirit of Speyside and uh, we appreciate your input and your help all the way. So uh, good luck to you both. All the best, James. We'll keep in oh. touch. Thank you. Take okay, care. James, thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, Gordon, that's, that was superb. Absolutely great. And uh, I think it'd be a great uh, virtual thing to get involved with and, uh, you know, it's just the way we are, but things are getting better. Let's hope things are getting better. And I would like to do, when we get nearer the time, Tales from the Festival. We will share some of our stories from the festivals of the past and maybe get people ah. to the give us their chat as well, uh, just to get us into the Speyside vibe. Uh, Gordon, 
It's challenge time. We started the whole podcast with a 20-second hand wash challenge. And mm-hmm. I just thought it's it's challenge time. I thought I wanted to get one you, back. You love a challenge. I do love a challenge. Now, I was just looking. I love whiskey names. I was on the website looking at, uh, well, we talked about Pappy Von Winkle. And I looked at Elijah Craig and I thought, how many whiskies, I wonder, could you name that have the name and the label? Which is one challenge, so have that. I thought I could re- then come back at you with people's names connected to whiskey labels, if you see what I mean. So they're not okay. on the label, but like, you know, or whiskey terminology. So you have a Cooper in whiskey, and I like my movie, so Bradley Cooper would get me a point. But okay. you have just got... So I have All right, asked you this. how many whiskey bottles have just got normal names on them, and I'll do the ones with okay. sort of connections to these... Okay. Whiskey name, so on you go, Gordon. I've got my list here. Uh, Jim Beam. Right, right, one. Okay, I'll, well, I'll, I'll try and counteract you. Um, we've got, what's that in my hand? It's a glass. Com- one of the, the wonderful composers of the 20th century, Philip Glass. Boom, one each. Okay. That's a little bit. Okay, Come on. Fine. Okay, fair enough. Uh, that's, 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 that's actually a Glen Cairn glass. <laughs> Any glass you can put whiskey in. You always say that, you know. So, okay, okay let, let's let's go to Scotland. Let's go to Johnny Walker. Of course, that's two one. I'll take Johnny Walker, and I will say, um, we've talked about it when we spoke to Lauren. Um, you put your grist after you've ground it down into a what? A hopper. And uh-huh. um, one of the great American actors plays a lot of villains. It's called Dennis Hopper. There you go, two each. <laughs> Okay, uh, uh, let's me. go. Let's go back to America. Let's go to George Dickel. Ooh, Dickel. George Dickel. That's three. Um, fans of music from the sixties will be familiar with uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And if you had, if I was allowed it, you could have got Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and I could get a doubler. But I'll just take one point. So that's three each, Gordon. In this name game, um, well, friends of the show staying in America, Van Winkle. Okay, Van Winkle, that's great. That was a great episode as well. If you want to listen, it was to a it. fabulous episode. And did you know he is a do you remember a song from the early 90s? Uh, and I'm now trying to remember the song was called, um, what was the guy's name? Oh, I've completely forgotten. This is rubbish now. Um, uh, that's rubbish. Ah. Do you know the song? Yes, was it Lamal? No, it was. No. It was. Um, uh, oh, forget it, forget right. it, forget it, forget it, forget that. But we can come back to that. Come back to that. So we've got um, Happy Van Winkle, and that's four three. But you've got when you're doing a distillation, um, you have the the spirit run, and there's a head, a heart, and a tail. And of course, Kevin Hart is one of the great American stand-up comedians. So boom, four each, Gordon. It's the main game challenge. <laughs> what have you got? Oh my, I'm surprised this you didn't come up. Please play this at home. I'm surprised you didn't come up with heart to heart. Um, okay. Or Miranda. Or Miranda. Yeah, there's a lot of options there. Okay, uh, let's go with. Um, uh, oh God, uh, let's go to Scotch. Let's go. Oh, let's go to Irish. John James Jamesons. Oh. Five four. Now, don't if you let me this have one, but you know, Bell's whiskey, the fine blended whiskey, Bell's. Yeah. The man invented the uh, telephone, Alexander Graham Bell's. <laughs> 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 
Is that a post? I think that might be a post. <laughs> I might have just hit the post with that one. 5-4, Gordon, you've got a lead. Oh, that's hilarious. Um, uh, Jack Daniels, there you oh. go. There's another one. Is that the biggest selling American whiskey in the world? Yes. Right. Sells, about, sells about a third more than Jim Beam, I think. Quite a lot more than Jim Beam. Highland Park, it's got quite a lot of case sales. I think Highland Park has got quite a lot. Um, big fan of uh, Victorian Explorers and Mungo Park from Scotland. Uh, uncovered the Niger and parts of the uh, river system up in North East Africa. Or, of course, fans of rock music would have Lincoln Park. So I might just take Highland to Lincoln Park. 6-5, Gordon! <laughs> well, you could also say, I think there's a suburb of uh, Chicago that is called Highland Park, and oh. and it's next. It's not that far from Lincoln Park. Right. Okay. So okay. that's pretty good. I'm now that's beginning good. to struggle. Um, six five. If I said yours, yes. Yes. Have I said yours. No, okay. no, you've not. I said, not you said... could, no. Seven five. Yours. White label again. One of the big selling Scotch whiskies, if not the biggest selling Absolutely. in America. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to go to America. I quite like Maker's Mark, but I do like my uh, Roman history. So can I go Maker's Mark Anthony? No. <laughs> Etu Brute, 7-6, Gordon. I'm one point behind. Oh dear, this is unbelievable. Um, I'm going to go with... Um, oh, no, you're now... I'm struggling now. I'm thinking of... Uh, uh, Evan Williams. There's one, another bourbon. Lots of bourbons seem to be named after the people that founded them. Yes, Evan Williams. Yes, that's eight six. Evan Williams. Um, I like Irish whiskies. We've just talked about uh, John Cashman, episode four, series one, uh, after St Patrick's Day last week. Um, and Bushmills, the oldest uh, distillery, sixteen oh eight. But Paul McCartney's ex-wife is Heather Bushmills. <laughs> or you could go for. Uh, just John Mills, for those actors, you know, out there that people love the old 1940s and 1950s, is a classic English actor, John Bush Mills, or Whiskey. Yeah, you're struggling now, Gordon, I think, aren't you? Yes, I am. Yeah, is that that, Ross? I might just take 8-7, eight, 8-7. Seven, eight, seven. I think one more and you'll be done. Right. Um, oh, God, everybody's <laughs> shouting at that. It's a good question. Uh, Buchanan's. Oh, well, you know, play at home. <laughs> the Whiskey Challenge name game, I think we could call that. That's a, yeah, I think brilliant. you just aged that. It was, I'm getting a bit tenuous, but uh, yep. we enjoy these things, Gordon. Enjoy our good we challenge. Do, we do, we do, we do. Um, the other thing, we've got lots of um, features we like doing, and one of the features we launched this series was objects that change the course of whiskey history. Ah, that's right. We talked about the cork, you know, the removable cork stopper from about 1923-24. Yep. I'm not uh, that familiar with them because I generally throw them away when I went to <laughs> <laughs> And uh, we had the tartan trousers to, to launch this feature. It was about whiskey yep. tourism. Uh, you did the glass, the Glen Cairn glass. Could we do uh, this, this week the object, not so much an object as a metal, that changed the course of whiskey uh, history. That metal, of course, is copper. Of course. Uh, Gordon, why is copper so important to the whiskey-making process? Well, I mean, you know, obviously, um, when you're making single malt, uh, copper pot stills are what every distillery has to use by law now. But obviously, um, it was understood 
that copper at, at a very early has unique elements to it that allows the extraction of unwanted elements during a distillation process. I mean, it's as very simple as that. Um, so, for example, if you if you were to go to a same still set up as a as Glengoyne and you had stainless steel stills, for example, the spirit would be so horrible, overpowering, lots of impurities, lots of you know flavors that we do not want. This is where copper extracts. This is where we get that wonderful elements of copper that if, you know that yeah. really really impart. And, and add also into our whiskey as well. So copper pot stills, you know, are essential to um, to the production of single malt uh, whiskey for sure. And it's a well, well, um, it's an amazing metal when you think about it and how these stills are produced as well by Forsyth and these types of people. So incredible. Amazing. I, I see we, we talked about the Speyside Festival earlier on with James Campbell. Yeah. And I remember going up there um to do a bit of training, you know, Sandy won't let you loose. <laughs> and I remember Forsyth were cutting a little sliver around one of the Tamdu stills, right, lifting yeah. it up and amazing craftsmanship. But really, we would not be tasting the whiskey that we are now without copper. It just whiskey, would not. Whisk, whiskey would not exist as it does now without single malt. Would not exist as it does now without um, without copper um, because it, 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 you know, it, I could if I had a spider diagram, which is a diagram that, that can show you the, the sort of main components in a new make spirit those unwanted ones of sulfur and that type of you know almost that metallic taste that you would get would be so apparent if the stills were stainless steel but copper um obviously a very very different um uh metal uh, and it's obviously just it, it really is an amazing um an amazing you know to produce what we need to produce for spirit it just works it's it's it, it conducts it's heat well it's it does malleable as well as yeah, all is, the, the things and it wears seeing. out as well so you need to replace bits of stills to ensure that you have the right thickness and and you you find distilleries probably get thickness tests on their stills on a fairly regular basis to ensure that none of it's uh wearing away and it can be at the top of the line arm where there's a lot of hot vapor touching it or it can be in other parts of the stills it tends to wear out um but uh, certainly if you look at the olden days where they direct fired stills and they heated them from underneath copper worked really well it also works now with the heating pans and those types of things within the bottom of it um and it's incredibly efficient as well so it's a really really good uh, you just wouldn't have single malt as it is now without it so it absolutely did change the course of history for whiskey. A lot of the earlier stills are clay. Some of the very, very, very yeah. early stills that yeah, some yeah. suggest are uh, way back in the 5th century BC are stills, uh, yeah. are clay. Uh, and some uh, writers suggest that the Arabs of the Islamic Golden Age, like Jabir ibn Hayyan, the 8th century uh, genius polymath, who had um, experimented with all this equipment and, of course, alcohol being an Arabic word and alembic, which was the mm -hmm. precursor yeah. of the still. Um, yeah. Some commentators suggest that it was these people from the 8th and 9th century AD that worked out that copper uh, was indeed the best material to be made. And then the northern parts of Italy and Salerno around the 10th, 11th century started to really perfect the process. Um, mm. So it's a wonder, I love all that, that sort of creation of, of oh. still technology and copper starts making its way from the 11th, 12th, and, 13th century. Absolutely. And even from the perspective, and, and you see it regularly, you see people who wear a copper band around the wrist. 
Yes. And you could see you could see the blueness that it's almost like it's extracting the bad stuff out of your body. And that's why a lot of people wear them. And, they're, you know, it's a very special metal and it, it really has made the Scotch whiskey industry for sure. So there we go. Objects that change Fantastic. the course of history. Well done. Uh, Gordon, What's I've got a, a special guest coming up. Now, you couldn't make the interview with Diego Boras, um, mm. but I did send you Diego's... You did send me his nuts. And, his nuts. And, You've sent me three of his three styles of his nuts, um, peated, cherry, and malt. Yes, it's all about food pairing, and um, Diego is a real knowledge knowledgeable person when it comes to flavour pairings. And this is a project. It's really a new business he's launching with almonds from his homeland of Spain all that right. he coats in a, a, a lovely flavourings, and he's pairing those different almonds flavourings to each whiskey now i want you to watch this gordon uh, and try and eat along the nut that says s sol are for maltier whiskies the one that says a aura is for sherry whiskies we did the tam do 15 with that and mm -hmm. m is the peated whiskies so it's three types of almonds there these will all be available during the year in this country and the s uh, i think we did with the Glengoyne 12 so mm. it's very interesting i'd love to get your thoughts on this afterwards food pairing and whiskey. Uh, great interview. So sit back mm. with the nuts, with your whiskeys, Gordon, and enjoy Diego Boras. Here he is. Boras, Diego, how are you? I'm very good. Thank you for having me again. Good to see you, Gordon. Not at all, Diego. Now, we've got you on because we're talking, obviously, food pairings with whiskey. Now, last week we had Ian Burnett, who's mm. had quite a journey. Um, three years it took him to establish his products and then take it to market. And now, world truffle of the year your journey is just beginning uh, with a new venture and a new business about pairing something with whiskey take it away diego that that's correct um it's been a, an ongoing process already for, for almost two years but um i am almost ready to launch a uh, food pairing option for for whiskey drinkers which is a, a crafted almond with uh, different flavor flavors that will match different flavor profiles so these are, uh, and you're right up my street. And we were going to talk about this last year, but mm -hmm. we had to hold off. You're now able to, to bring it to the, the attention of the world. But I love, I love nuts and I love almonds. So mm. yeah, tell me why you chose that as a product. Um, why, did it, why does it work so well with whiskey? Well, there's a few elements. Uh, the, the, let's say principle one, it has to do with health, healthy lifestyle and trying to, you know, match uh, being a whiskey lover with you know health and taking care of yourself so you know when looking at the the, the roots of the product it, we're using mediterranean almonds not not the not any specific not, not any other variety but mediterranean ones because of the oil content that they have so they're going to contribute to a much better texture and, uh, you know, we're all Mediterraneans in, in production and development. So we want to move forward with that Mediterranean lifestyle concept. And um, we work with natural ingredients. We want to be as clean as possible. Um, obviously, the, the recipes that we, you, we will see today, yeah. uh, they've, they've, they've got plenty of complexity, but we want to be as you know, Mediterranean as possible, if it makes any sense. So, oh, it makes perfect sense because... Those listening or watching to Whiskey Unscripted will know that a lot of the whiskey behind me, a lot of whiskey we drink in Scotland has matured 
in casks made from wood <clears throat> from the Mediterranean. So having a story of Spanish almonds, uh, and we talk so much about Spain to Speyside at, at, at Tamdu, and it's not just ourselves, but it's just a wonderful story. And I love when you mention about the natural oils in an almond. That just mm. already my brain's about oils and wood leaching out into the whiskey. So, um, but you take the almonds and you put them through a process. Is that a flavoring yeah. process? There is a process in which we coat them with a very thin coat of sugar and, and that sugar acts as a gelling component. So we're going to have uh, a mix of ingredients uh, that are 100% uh, open and accessible. So we, we also prevent any, any allergies and so on. But um, you add them to the, to the almond and the, they get added to the outer surface and that combination is what's going to give you that flavor profile, which uh, I must say, it's, uh, some of them are unusual in a good way. I love them. I have a little trial of them here in front of me. Um, so take us through um, the, I know you're a man that loves his whiskey. We've met you across in Scotland many times, Diego, you know you're Scotch. So you have tasted Scotches and various profiles and mm. tried to create this uh, yeah. coating to go on the almonds. So take us away, what did you, what was your thought processes? What have you come up with? Um, well, we live in a very interesting age for, for whiskey, so it's very complicated to start right off the bat and, and cover all whiskeys. So we, we try to look... Good subject, for, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, try, we try to look for a line of best fit uh, of three main profiles, what we categorize or call classic whiskey. Um, so mostly ex-bourbon barrel, but perhaps a hint of uh, sherry cask here and there. Malty... Uh, floral, touch of sweetness, the honeysuckles, and so on. Um, then we have the heavier profiles. Um, we have a recipe for them, such as even bourbons, not necessarily scotch, but you know, we're, we're looking for something that will um, stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with your bourbons, your heavily sherried whiskies, uh, something a little bit bolder with a much more strength, and even perhaps... Uh, alcoholic strength not necessarily flavor profile and then the last one of course it has to be for for the beet heads out there um so we have a recipe hey god that's a fantastic <laughs> that's a fantastic skull um, yes, if you're listening to this we're we're talking in zoom so Diego's was looking at some of the imagery behind me which is smokehead which is what your other almonds are for yeah, really yeah. lovely peated smoking yeah. whistles yeah it's, it's not a human skull by the way it's just a smokehead <laughs> skull not yet any not mine um so yeah take so it's, it's interesting various profiles to try and match and it's very difficult to match individual whiskies, mm -hmm. but you've asked me to pour three and I've got these yeah. almonds in front of me. So, Diego, take me away. What are we doing? Um, what we're doing is hopefully treating the almond as you would treat a whiskey. Um, so, you look at it, you nose the almond. So, let's start with um, the, the multi one, which is which would be what in our portfolio is called Aura. Oh, um, so, you have a sweet cinnamon cocoa aromas, um, some even brown sugar um, in the background. And then once you just put it in your mouth, start chewing ah. it, see what you think. And um, once you're probably halfway through and all those flavors are starting to mix and, and blend together, that's when you have a sip of, uh, which one are we having for this one? 
the Glen Goyne, Glen Goyne 12, right? Yeah. And that's when you keep chewing, you keep letting the flavors develop. Oh. And, and the whiskey and the almond. Yes. So flavorsome, the almonds. And what I get straight away is just how soft and smooth that almond is. Once you start chewing it, it just melts mm. in your mouth. Beautiful almond. Now, people think this is going to hurt your teeth. Just <laughs> wonderful. And that cinnamon yeah. that you mentioned, I think, picks up that profile of the, the little cinnamon gingery bite you get from the 12. Mm -hmm. Lovely. Coating uh, the mouth. The, the, the idea is to produce something that will stand side by side with the whiskey. We don't want to be subdued by the whiskey. And um, in this case, we started with a milder profile. It's very subtle, fairly pretty elegant. And that's why we go for uh, more floral profiles, not so heavy. Um, the next recipes you'll see are a little bit um, stronger in terms of the flavors and more intense. Um, are you with the second one now? Yes, I held yeah. up the, the second one. Great, so, so the second recipe that we have is a device for, again, the bourbons, the heavily sherry whiskies. That's why we have a Tamdu 15, beautiful dram, by the way, one of my yeah. favorites. Um, and what we have, a, you probably get some smoky notes on the nose. Mm -hmm. And and once you chew it, you you get, we have some green aniseed, we have some, that, those smoky notes are from Lapsan Sushong tea. Um, we have some brown sugar as well, and then a little bit of nutmeg to bring it all together and give it some muscle. Um, the same thing, once you have a sip of a whiskey, you'll see again, once those flavors are together, the textures are going to change in your mouth. The, the, there's going to be a finish, and the, and the almond is going to survive at the end, uh, alongside with the whiskey, not just underneath the, whis the whiskey, which is, once again, the, the priority when it comes to developing this product yeah again so smooth even though it's a lap song sushan tea it's still a lovely clean feeling in the mouth as you were saying at the beginning there uh, uh picks up the the really sherried notes wonderfully well i think that richness of that whiskey and the, 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 the nuttiness and the oil and the but it's clean and then the wee bit of smoke it's all i don't think i have tasted anything quite like that I'm, I'm very glad to hear that. And I just, I'm still getting that lovely nutty oiliness in the mm -hmm. mouth, that little bit of sweetness. It's just a cracking combination. And we've got another, I'm really looking forward to the last one as well. Let me just okay. get my... That one is not for the faint of heart. Um, oh. I'm, I'm very, personally, I'm very pleased with this one. There you go. I'm going to get the smoke head up. There you go. Oh, the island of Isla for this one. This one is going to start with probably a very lemony, citrusy note because it, there's some lime salt in it. We have some sea salt. Um, then there's going to be a pretty sharp element to it, which is green cardamom. Ah. And, th and then once you're chewing halfway through, you're probably going to get a, a wave of sweetness um, that is going to be fairly coastal and a little bit... Um, maritime which is nori seaweed in the mixture and once you go in for the whiskey what we have identified with, with specific whiskies that there is a very silky transition or conversion of the whiskey once you you sip the whiskey 
and, and it starts merging with the oil. There's a, some a spectacular silkiness that makes people just raise their eyebrows when they have them. They go, oh, this, is, this, this was unexpected. And, yeah. Um, well, that is, we have to take the hat off this. Okay, that is absolutely, I got the citrus, you know, the citrus is in there absolutely uh, wonderfully uh, well. And that cre it's, it's a creaminess in the whiskey. Mm -hmm. As well, and I think that creaminess, just as you say, after you start chewing it down, you've got this citrus goes into that sort of creaminess as well, and um, yeah, that saltiness, which I love, you know, the salt. Mm -hmm. But it's so much going on, Diego. It's a real, a real experience, um, and I congratulate you on trying to, 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 to take Scotch whisky and trying to put it into an almond. Wood pairings in general. Any broad rules that, that you're guided by that maybe guided this project or just in general that people listening or watching can be guided by? Because you've looked at the big types of whiskies out there, the malty ones, the sherried ones, the smoky ones. What are the general rules for you? I, I think that it, it all boils down to understanding what you're going to have that food with, understanding the liquid. There, there is, for me, we have to understand the, the little, not necessarily to a microscopic level, but the nuances related to the liquid, because those are going to give you some hints. Um, for peated whiskies, then every single, or most of tasting notes are going to talk about iodine and maritime and so on. So for me, you can go either the opposite direction or in the same direction. Those are the two main ways to go with food pairing. So you want to enhance and, and increase that and amplify that or you want to go against it, much like with coffee and chocolate, you go something a little bit bitter and then you get something sweet, you contrast. So depending on the direction, um, maybe a cheese or maybe a dry tuna is going to work ex perfectly well with the same whiskey, but it, it all has to do with our plan and understanding that liquid. Um, that's what I've tried to do. Obviously, there's also a component of innovation uh, in which I want to try and bring something different, not just because of the platform or the, or, or the canvas that I'm using, which is an, an almond that is a Mediterranean almond, but also with the ingredients. Um, I think that there's a very, very broad range of options that we can include in, in our food pairing options that just take some time to think about. We are here to do something different, but we need to understand the liquid. That's the bottom line for me. That's fantastic. And plans going forward without giving too much away, we're going to see these in our shops or whiskey distilleries in the future. How can we get a, a, a taste of these? I sure hope so. I'm working hard to start talking to people as we speak. Um, the idea is to either have specific selling points in, in initially in, the, in Europe and uh, specific countries of Europe. And then obviously any distillery is going to be a, a good option for the almonds, particularly after discussing the different flavor profiles that they can work with and so on. But um, the, the field is pretty open in that sense. I'm, I'm starting to contact people and, yeah. and see who might be interested. So well, I won't Contact us through Whiskey Unscripted if people out there are listening. I mean, we know of one or two industry people listening. Uh, Diego, mm. they're, they're simply sensational. I'm not just saying that. They're simply uh, packed of 
packed so full of flavour. If you love almonds and that lovely, uh, as you say, just melt in your mouth creaminess, and that fits in so well with the whiskies, with the natural oils from both, and the flavourings are just out of this world. Absolutely love them. Diego, I wish you all the best with them, and uh, we will catch you up very shortly, either in Spain or in Scotland. Let's hope that so. will happen. You bring the almonds, so. I'll bring the whiskey. Oh, yeah, that's, that's <laughs> done, done, done. Diego Boras, good luck with the, uh, in the future, and thank you so much for joining us on Whiskey Unscripted. Thank you very much, Gordon. Gordon, I, I just wanted to do that after Ian Burnett. You know, two weeks ago, we did the Highland Chocolatier, mm -hmm. pairing chocolates with whiskey, but here's something a little bit more clean, uh, not nutty there's a creaminess to it but it's not hmm. any way like a, a heavy cheese or a or a chocolate it's a very interesting mm. um i think almonds work so well oh yeah so, i wish him all the best i hope it for his sake it really goes down well i think it's a great thing i love nuts um, so I. some people nuts aren't good for we know that um yeah but i love yeah to have a peated nut a, a, a nut that would work really well with a smoke head or a, an isla a maltier nut, something that's going to be probably a bit better with a uh, more of that malty flavor coming through, which you may find a bit more in a refill bourbon, something like that. And then a sherried, obviously, something like a tamdu, of course. Uh, maybe, a, maybe a 15, I think, would be perfect with those nuts. And, and even something like a Kilkerran, potentially. But, you know, lovely, lovely, lovely idea. Because almonds, idea. If, you, if you think about it, you, think, you forget how often nuts turns up in a tasting note for a whiskey. And you can get even things, which sounds a bit silly, but bourbon cast associated with coconuts. So not, but peanuts come up quite a lot. Almonds come up probably more than anything in, or hazelnuts in, in more sherry cast whiskies. And having just tasted a couple of these, you, you pick up that sort of sherry note, you pick up that creamy texture that comes through from those nuts. And that's going to work so well with, with a whiskey of, at the right strength of the right style. And what I like, it's just incredibly, um, he's been through so many flavour uh, combinations, but there's Lapsong, Sushan, there's Nori seaweed in there, there's uh, all sorts of uh, sort of spices as well, you know, not, not too overpowering, because it's, no, no. it's, it's just very, very clever, and I think um, the days of maybe bacon fries, quavers, and chocolate hobnobs for pairing with whiskey, possibly in the past. When you people... say that, I mean, you say <laughs> that, but... Scampy fries do go well with an Isla whiskey. Yes. And, and skips. I mean, skips just go well with anything. Well, God, that's a jam-packed episode. From, from name challenges uh, to Diego Boras to James Campbell of the Speyside Festival and all the whiskey news and some of our, our own whiskey here and yeah, the cocktails. Fabulous. So thank you for, yeah, for fabulous, joining. Brilliant. Great to, great to do another yes. episode. We're going to do... I think we'll be doing another couple more episodes uh, and we'll take a yeah. little break over the Easter sort of period and we'll be back again. But yeah, we still, you know, we are, uh, we're, uh, we're loving doing it. We hope you're enjoying it and we get some great feedback. So thank you. Thank you. I'm going to drink. I'm not going to say too much, Gordon, but I've, I'm, I've lined up a challenge, me and you, against uh, another Whiskey Society uh, club. So that oh, is coming really? up. It all pulls off, yes. Can uh, I phone a friend if I need to? <laughs> yeah. But if you're listening to this before the 26th of March 2021, please join us for Facebook Live uh, Glengoyne.com. You know, all the links there are the Glengoyne Facebook page. Go there. Or on Glengoyne's YouTube channel, which is just That's... typing Glengoyne into YouTube. So we'll see you then. Gordon, Eight o'clock. Eight o'clock. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs>
Come away, ski trail. 